So let's read from God's word. And we're going to be reading from uh, Matthew chapter 6. And this is Jesus speaking. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not, not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Yet if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have given us your word, that you have displayed your grace and mercy in the person of the Lord Jesus. This morning, as we hear your word and as Peter brings it to us, we pray that you will speak to our hearts and minds. Inform us, but importantly, transform us into the likeness of the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. So... In the lead up to Christmas, like most years, we were celebrating the birth of the King. And so in the new year, where we've decided to do a short series on what the kingdom of the King is like and what better place to go and to listen to than what Jesus himself says about his kingdom. So we've been spending the last couple of weeks and we'll spend um, the next couple of weeks looking at how Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God particularly from Matthew chapter 5 to 7, which is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. In the past couple of weeks, we've really looked at the posture that kingdom people are called to take. Right? So the first week we looked at the Lord's Prayer and that posture of dependence and the, the request, may your kingdom come. Last week we looked at the posture of, of placing ourselves low to receive God's mercy and grace by being and recognizing that we are ones who are poor in spirit and asking him to work in us. So posture of kingdom people, being low and humble. These two weeks, this week and next week, we're looking at the priority of kingdom people. 
So next week we'll, we'll look at the, the verses which talk about not laying up treasures on earth where it can be destroyed and rust and so forth, but laying up king, treasures in heaven, right? eternal treasures. This week we're looking at this, this passage and this idea of the priority of seeking first the kingdom of God. Put the, the verse back up there, verse 33. This is the verse that we're going to primarily be looking at today. And it's probably a, a familiar verse to, to many of you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So familiar verse, but I think as we really look into it and get under the hood of this verse today, you are going to be shocked at how radical this call is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And in some ways, I think it'll be confronting and a little sobering just how far we are from really doing that in our lives. So our outline for today, uh, broken from the normal three-point outline, we have a four-point outline today. Now, that is really helpful for the kids who are using the boxes, right, because you have eight boxes, which is a multiple of four. So that gives you two boxes to draw in. I should have brought the little sheet up, but hopefully they've been handed out. So you can sort of track with the sermon and hopefully you can draw or write uh, two, two boxes worth for every point. Okay, so the, the points are what do you seek first and then what should we seek first and then why is it so hard to seek first the kingdom and how do we seek first the kingdom? So firstly, I think it will be really helpful for us to consider what it is that we seek first. And to, to do that, to delve into this point, it's going to be helpful to really think what Jesus means when he says those words, seek first. That word seek, uh, it, it can be defined as, as searching for something. It's a bit like when we play hide and seek, we're, we're searching for something or someone. But the way that Jesus used the word, uses the word there, it's a command. So he's commanding us to seek, and it's used in such a way that it's continuous. So it's not like to sort of seek once and, and find it, but, but to continually be seeking and searching for something, to be pursuing something. Now, it's helpful for us that there's another occurrence where Jesus uses this exact word uh, just a few verses later in, in chapter 7. This will, might be familiar to you as well. Chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. Now what makes that helpful is it's, it's clear when we're asking for something, uh, we, we know what it is that we're asking for. And so using seek in that same way, we, we actually know what we're seeking for. The way Jesus uses it there um, implies that uh, when we're seeking first the kingdom, there's real knowledge and intention of how we're doing it. We're going to be pursuing that with priority when we seek it first. Now, I've been trying to think through an example to illustrate this, and um, my daughter and I, my third, third daughter and I, we're reading through the Narnia books at the moment, and so she has requested an illustration from Narnia in this sermon. So hopefully it doesn't feel too forced, but here is the, <laughs> the Narnia illustration of, of seeking, searching with priority. And Many of you will have read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Remember the scene where uh, the, the white witch gives Edmund that magical Turkish delight, right? Now, as soon as Edmund eats that, that just 
sort of changes the priorities of his life. He goes on after that um, to seek and pursue that taste of Turkish delight again. Even later in the story, there's this, this time where he's willing to sacrifice his siblings and even his own soul just to get some Turkish delight. Now, I know that's a, a negative example of what we can be searching, but it does illustrate sort of that, that priority and being willing to sacrifice um, for something above all else. And I actually think we can think in our own lives of lots of examples, maybe something hopefully a bit better than Turkish delight, but still things that we might be searching for or pursuing first in our own life. I wonder what it is for you. What do you pursue? What's your great ambition in life? There was a, a survey conducted a couple of years ago amongst Australians, surveyed Australians in their 20s, 30s and 40s and asked this question, what's your great ambition in life? I don't know what all the options were, but the one that came out top was an early retirement, right? The great ambition and the pursuit of Australians, which many of you in their 20s, 30s and 40s, is to retire early. Now, in another survey, people who are retired were asked, well, what did they do with, with their time and resources and freedom as those who are retired? First on that list, nothing. Right, that's what, what people who retired said that they do with their time, nothing. Second is watch TV. Third is read. Fourth is travel. The fifth one is get a part-time job. <laughs> and the sixth one, I happen to appreciate this one, is babysit. <laughs> is that what you want? Is that your great ambition for your life? Is that your priority to live an easy, uncomplicated life? followed by a pointless retirement. What do you seek first? Well, kids, hopefully by now you're two boxes in because um, we're coming to the, the second point, which is what should we seek first? And Jesus, of course, answers that directly in this verse. We should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, as we've been thinking about the kingdom of God the, the past couple of weeks, uh, we, we've seen that, that the kingdom of God is where Jesus reigns. Okay? And so for, for us, that, that's him reigning in the hearts of his followers. Right? We, we've been talking about how may, may your kingdom come. We want to see um, Jesus more and more be working in our hearts and we long to see Jesus in his grace and mercy working in the hearts of others. Right? So when we're seeking first his kingdom and righteousness, that's what we're talking about here. But the, and our, our text sort of helps ex explain this. So it's interesting because it doesn't just use the, the phrase the kingdom of God, but also uh, and his righteousness. Now you might be thinking, how can you seek first two things. I think the way we're meant to take this is that his righteousness helps us understand 
what it is to be seeking first the kingdom. Okay, and the parallel account in Luke, it just uses the, the kingdom of God. Uh, I think they're, they're, these phrases are meant to be complementary. And that phrase, his righteousness, helps, and un, helps us understand and define what it means to seek first his kingdom. Now, probably one of the most helpful things we can do when we come to something like this is to see where words or phrases like this are, are used together in, in other parts. And earlier on in, in this sermon, Jesus uses the, the idea of righteousness and, and kingdom. Uh, let me read it out for you. It's in, in Matthew 5, verse 20. There he says, I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, so they were the, the really religious people, particularly the religious leaders at the time, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. If you take that, you, you think, hang on, is Jesus saying there um, that, that we need to be so righteous that we're even more righteous and holy than these religious leaders that had all these rules on how to be righteous? Actually, what he goes on to, to show and to say is that, that yes, in a sense, the, the kingdom of heaven is a place where there is, there is righteousness. Everything is right and beautiful and wonderful. But the, way, the only possible way we can get there is not through our own strength because we can't possibly be that righteous in our own strength and our own efforts. But it's through trusting the one who is righteous. That's the whole point of Jesus coming is that he lives and dies for us to give us his righteousness through faith and trusting in him. We can't be righteous in our own strength. So to seek first the kingdom then is to accept Jesus' righteousness. It's that posture of, of low and accepting that we are poor in spirit and we need, uh, and he's given his grace and his love to us. But it's also to invite Jesus to change us. Uh, he doesn't just give us his own righteousness, but he actually changes us. And his whole, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts to make us more like Christ. So for him to be reigning more and more in our hearts, to be ourselves growing in righteousness, in, in godliness, in tenderheartedness, in kindness, in all those attributes that we love about Jesus our King, we're, we're, by his Holy Spirit working in us, Seeking first his kingdom and righteousness is growing that in us and not by his grace and mercy in the lives of others as well. So what should we seek first? It's the reign of Christ in our hearts. Uh, it's, it's his righteousness and, and seeking to be like him and sharing that love and kindness and tenderhearted with others. Well, this brings us to our third point. Why is it so hard to seek first the kingdom of God? I think you'd, you'd agree with me that, it, that we find it difficult and hard to truly prioritise and to continually go after it. Why is it so hard? I want to come back to our, our text, so verse 33 again. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I think often when we look at that text, we read all these things will be added to you and we think to ourselves, great. 
Uh, what I've got to do is I've got to seek God's kingdom and then God is going to give me all these things, all that I ever wanted. He's going to bless me. And so we sort of think, oh, yeah, of course I'll, I'll do that because God's going to do all this for me. And it's sort of almost like we use all the, these things and we fill in the blank. God's going to give me the career I want or God's going to um, you know, give me the wealth I want or God's going to give me the relationship I want. Right? Is that your tendency? I think that's how we, we sort of naturally take this. But I, I want us to, to actually to think really hard about what Jesus is saying when he says all these things will be added to you. Just the two verses before this one actually help us. So in verse 32, he uh, uses the same phrase for the Gentiles, uh, so those, those who are, are not part of God's Old Testament people, the Gentiles, um, seek after all these things. So it's, it's really saying that it's the natural in, inclination that we're seeking after all of these things. He's saying God knows that you, you need them. All right? But the verse before is where he says what these things are. And do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Right? The things are the fundamental, the basic building blocks of, of life, of survival. Okay. And Jesus is saying here, don't worry about them. Instead, seek first the kingdom. Now, I doubt that anyone here has been anywhere near close to being starving. But I would I'd imagine if, if we were, uh, then surely if we, we don't have food and drink, we would be desperate for that beyond everything else. If that was the case, nothing else surely would matter. But Jesus is saying here, pursuing the kingdom of God is the absolute priority. What he's really saying as we dig under this is radical, it's confronting, it's shocking. Because even the, the most devout among us, I, I think, just naturally thinks to ourselves, okay, I'm, I've got to f fulfill some of these sort of fundamental priorities and then with the rest of my time or talent or treasure, I'm going to seek first God. Right? We, we do that, don't we? we? We think about time, we think, okay, these are, these are the things that are essential, I must do these, but then I'm going to think about how I'm going to serve God out of the rest of my time. We think about our treasure, okay, I've I, I got to fulfil all of this and then after I've done that, the, God can sort of have the rest. With our talent, you know, I'm going to pursue a, a career or, or, or give the best to my family and then after that, God can have it. Now that I think is how probably the most devout sort of do things. I'd say actually for most of us the way that we think uh, is actually asking what's sort of the minimum that I can do to, to really be seeking the kingdom and then, then I can just be comfortable that the rest is, is for me. Right? But Jesus is saying something very confronting, very radical here. And I think the reason we find that seeking first the kingdom is so hard is because we need to, it's a call to put all of our time, our treasure and our talent, it's a call to put all of ourselves out there for God to use. Say, everything is yours. I'm going to lay down my life and seek to serve you in whatever way that you would call me to do. Now you might be sitting here, I'm sure there's a, a number of thoughts going through, but one of them 
is probably a bit of disbelief. Um, and even the thought of, of putting it all there into God's hand and, and not maintaining any control over your circumstances or situation for yourself um, might cause you great anxiety. However, counterintuitively, and I think this is what the broader passage is saying to us that Ian read out, if your priority is the kingdom, then your anxiety around trying to control and to change your circumstances actually diminishes. Because kingdom seekers trust when God says, when Jesus says, our heavenly father knows what you need. As we grow in, in seeking first the kingdom, then the worries and the anxieties over things of this world will and do diminish. Right? We trust that God has control over our circumstances and it's, it's not uh, up to us first and foremost to try and change or control them. So the obvious question and it's, well, it's obvious to me because I made our fourth point, uh, is how do we then seek first the kingdom? Right? If, if, this is, if seeking first the kingdom is the priority, if that's the call and command of Jesus here, if we acknowledge that, often we don't. We seek other things and, and it's, it's hard for us to seek first the kingdom. How are we actually going to do it? An example that I've, I've found helpful as I've been thinking through it is actually the game of chess. So if you're familiar with the, the game of chess, the priority of chess is to take the opponent's king before yours is taken. Right? That's the, the priority. It's all about, the whole game is about making sure you're taking the opponent's king before yours is taken. It's about seeking the king. And But as you play the game of chess, if if you just... Like I remember playing as a kid and all I would concentrate on is taking that king. But that means you don't sort of develop the other pieces and you don't sort of strategically do what, what's actually best and most effective overall. Right? I, the reason I think that chess is a good example because if we're seeking first the kingdom, then there's an absolute priority of seeking the kingdom and righteousness. That means every aspect of our life is, is working together in this pursuit of God's kingdom coming, right? whether, whether it be directly or indirectly. Okay? And there will often be things that we do indirectly, but, but seeing that overall the, is the pursuit of the kingdom. Does that make sense? I think we always should be asking the question and aware of what's the, the most significant way that I can be changed by God or I can be used by God to impact all of eternity. All right, and that impact all of eternity is so important because so often in life we just think about our, our circumstances around us. But, but asking the question, how can it affect all of eternity, it's a kingdom question. It's a, it's a kingdom seeker type question. How can God use me to, to be changed or to, in the life of others to most impact eternity? Now, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus uh, and you're asking that question right now, uh, Jesus speaks about eternity all the time. He talks about 
um, the difference between being in the, the kingdom of darkness and, the, the, and his kingdom for all eternity. You may or may not believe that, that claim, but if it is true, that is, is incredibly different for all of eternity as to how it might affect your eternity. And what I would warmly invite you to do, because if there's a chance that that claim is true, that there is an eternity and that Jesus offers us the riches of his inheritance and being in his presence forever. And I'll tell you that that is worth investigating. Right? And that, investigating that, I would, I'd suggest just reading about Jesus' life in the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, listening to what he, he says and, and seeing whether it's worthwhile to, to consider following him and being a part of his kingdom forever. And, and the way that we do that is simply by receiving his grace and his mercy. A great way that you, you could do that and investigate more would be to, to come along to the Hope Explore courses that we're, we're running in February. You might have seen slides. Hopefully there'll be some after the sermon. You can find info at the, the welcome desk. Um, but, but look into that Hope Explore. It's a three-week course that will help you investigate this hope we have of all eternity. Now, th those who are, are here and, and believers, how can you answer the question, how, how can I most impact eternity for the sake of the kingdom? I just want, want to invite you to imagine having a chat with Jesus in all eternity and, and just asking him, Jesus, when, what was the part of my life or what I did or, or, or whatnot that was most impactful for your kingdom? I just imagine we might be surprised at, at the answer to that, because we obviously don't know what's going on, but, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he was to say, well, there was one time where you said this encouraging word to someone that was going through a hard time, and you encouraged them and reminded them of my love for them, and that had such an impact on their life and their eternity and how they use their life from that point forward. I just wonder if it's a, a time when maybe it's a stranger, someone we don't know very well, where we're just compelled to, to do something kind, right? love them maybe in a practical way uh, that speaks God's love and kindness to them and has such an impact on their life and their eternity. I just wonder, in, in fact, I, I don't need to wonder because I've, I've seen this, Serving in seedlings. I know we talked about it. We do need more people to serve in, in seedlings and saplings and Sunday school. Uh, but I have heard so many stories of, of, of people who've, who've walked away from the church, but there was something about the way that their Sunday school seedlings teachers loved them and cared for them. When someone spoke to them about Jesus way down the track, there's this little seed that was there that made them go, Ashley, I will think about the claims of Jesus. Imagine the, the, the eternal impact that you could be making in the lives of these precious children by seeking to love and teach them about the grace that we have in Jesus. And these are just some examples, but, but you see how kingdom seekers, uh, our, our, the posture of our life is, is different because it's all for God. We're asking the question, I'd invite you to do that. The start of the year is a great time to do it. 
Don't just make a to-do list and put seeking the kingdom at the top, but actually think about the priority of seeking first his kingdom and make everything on the list be how you're doing that and how you can have most impact for his kingdom, indirectly and directly. Let me end uh, with, with this thought. The people who make an eternal difference are not the people who have mastered many things in this life. They are those who have been mastered by the greatest thing of all. If you want the, the ripple effect of the, the pebbles that you drop in life, the, the, the acts of love or kindness that you do to become waves which reach to the ends of the earth and roll on through the centuries and into eternity, then you have to prioritise what really matters and be willing to live for it and be willing to die for it. Will you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Let's pray. Father, I want to simply pray that we would be mastered by the greatest thing of all. Uh, Father, we are so thankful for Jesus' words in this sermon and how it communicates our need for your grace, but not just our need for it, but how Jesus has given it, that he gives us his righteousness in his life, his death and his resurrection. Father, I pray that we would be kingdom seekers, that we would be people that would, with joy, make sacrifices in this life for the sake of eternity. Father, I pray that you would be so kind as to work changes in our hearts so that our hearts are drawn to your kingdom and to eternity. Father, I pray that you would be so kind to use us in the lives of others, in um, the lives of those around us here and the lives of, of many in our community and even to the ends of the earth. Would you use us? for the sake of your kingdom. And I pray that in all eternity we could be gathered around the throne with multitudes and to see how you have used us in the lives of so many for the sake of your glory and because of your son. Father, I pray um, even this week after this sermon that you would give us opportunities to truly really think and pray through how this coming year we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, would you stand and let's respond in song, remembering that God is for us.